Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello everyone, welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank, I'm the pastor here. We're so glad that you're joining us online today. Uh, and wherever you are, again, just welcome. We're so glad that you uh, have taken the time to be part of our service today. And uh, today is just kind of a, a one-off devotional. We're in between series. And so when we have moments like this, it's just an opportunity kind of just to encourage you again, along with the vision of our church, which is to connect to Jesus and the community. We believe that faith is better in community than by ourselves. We live in a time of individualism and uh, everyone kind of just doing their own thing, having their own beliefs and thoughts and things like that. Um, but community makes us better. We get to share these. We get to sharpen each other and make each other better. So if you don't know, I really like sports. Um, it's one of my greatest passions, you could say. Um, if you don't know, it's about the the Giants and Yankees mostly. Uh, I like hockey as well. And I would say I'm a Knicks fan, but they've just broken my heart since I was like four. And so it's hard to get behind them. But if you've ever been to a sporting event before, you know that the crowd coming together and making noise in a big moment, there's really nothing like it. Mariano Rivera was one of the greatest closers, probably the greatest closer in the history of baseball. And my family and I got to go to his last game uh, that he ever pitched in. And as he came out and as his music dropped, uh, Enter Sandman, and the crowd stood and cheered, I have never been part of a moment like that before. Over 40,000 people most of whom don't know each other, unified in this significant moment of celebrating the career of Mariano Rivera as he retired. Or if you've been to a football game, third down, when your team is on defense, you get up and you cheer and you scream at the top of your lungs so that it's hard for the offense to make adjustments and you give your team an advantage. Now, watching on the couch has gotten much better. The camera angles, all of the experience on TV is really cool, but it is not the same as being at a game. You might skip the, the expensive parking and the long lines and all that getting, getting home, but those moments where you can unify with the crowd and coming together to support your team is something that just can't be replaced. There's an energy that comes from being part of a shared mission or experience. Uh, whether the mission is to win a game or in the context of our church to bring heaven to earth, there's something about being part of shared mission that unifies and brings us together. Not many people are against the idea of unity. We vote for people who promise to bring unity to our country. We sing songs about coming together uh, and, and joining together as one. We uh, give awards to those who help bring people together. Unity is something that we all long for. So if we can agree that unity is important, then what keeps us from pursuing it for ourselves? See, unity doesn't just happen, it takes work. It takes an ongoing, active pursuit. Unity requires us to take risks, to enter uncomfortable situations, and to face the possibility of possibly getting hurt. But it's worth it. Today we're asking the question, why is it worth 
the potential of all of these things for the sake of unity. Well, Acts 2 paints a picture of what community that pursues this looks like. It says this in Acts 2, verse 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. The first Christians, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, shared meals, and prayer. Now, why is this important? Because we read this and we think, oh, that's cool. Uh, the church was new. They were excited. Um, it was just beginning. And so it was kind of, but this actually wasn't easy. The people in the early church were different culturally. They were even different religiously. You had um, Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians. And so you had all kinds of different beliefs brought together. And, and as it says, they ate meals together. You have to think you look at these tables and there are all different kinds of people there. They weren't from the same neighborhoods, and yet they opened their homes to each other. They shared what they had. They welcomed teaching, and they welcomed correction. And see, they didn't stumble upon it by accident. They pursued it. They went out of their way to bring people together and to share in the gospel work in their lives together. And as they work together, God worked through them. Fear and pride will always keep us from pursuing unity. We'll second guess the decision to reach out. Maybe sometimes we extend ourselves in a way to try and create unity and no one responds. And so we think, well, I tried. I'm never doing that again. Or maybe we fear the hard conversation because we're afraid of what the other person will think. Maybe we see somebody and maybe we used to be friends with them, but over the last couple of years, we've kind of gone different ways politically. And we know that if we extend a conversation that maybe it's not going to go well and that could be the end of the friendship. Or I'm right, they're wrong. And again, in the age that we live in, they said call it the information age, um, what we think defines us. And so it, I need to be right about what I think. And so if people disagree with me, that means they're wrong. And so then I just stay with pockets of people who think like me. Unity doesn't come easy. But if we accept the challenge and we push through it and, and, and we realize that it may be awkward, there may be difficult conversations, that's okay. As we read this passage again, there are all different cultures and, and beliefs brought together at tables. And, and, and that's why in the New Testament, we see so many letters from Paul as he's writing to the churches to help them work through these. Again, there were real issues at stake. And I think sometimes we look at where the church is and where our culture is right now, and, and it feels so different. And we wonder, how is this ever going to work? This isn't a new thing. But as we're devoted to the teachings of Jesus... Uh, again, this is the, the basis for our faith. It's where we learn. It's where we grow. It's where we set aside our own preconceived ideas and notions. And we're open to what God might speak to us as we do this in fellowship with other people. And we are vulnerable and we let people speak into our lives. Correction is difficult. But I'm so thankful for moments where I've gotten off track a little bit and people speak to it. And they say, hey, this might be a little off here. Would you just think about it? And to prayer, where we invite God to show up and move. Again, prayer is simply saying, God, I trust you. Would you work? Would you move? Because I can't do this on my own. And if we're honest, 
unity, bringing all these people together with different political thoughts and ideas and cultures. And we look at it and we go, how is it possible? Prayer. Where we turn to God and we say, God, we need you. We need your power. We need you to show up. We need you to work. We need you to move. We need you to soften our hearts so that we can see each other the way that you see us. Again, it's hard, especially in an age where it feels like there's so much division. But I believe that if we do this, we would see God move in miraculous ways. Wherever we've come from, whatever we've done, we all have a place on this team. Today, maybe you're watching this and you're still not sure where you stand in terms of, do I believe this, do I not? I just want to say, there's a seat at the table for you still. We would love to have conversations with you and, and just hear your experience, your thoughts, your questions. For those of you who may be in a hard season, we're here for you. The, the table is a place where deep conversations can happen, where tears can be shed and laughter can be had together. At times we're going to get tired and we're going to want to give up. But the same way a team feeds off the energy of its fans, we can draw strength from each other. Paul reminds the church in Rome of a special power that comes through unity in Christ. And we read it in Romans 15. It says this, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus calls us together that we would be one in mind and attitude. And it's not just our mind and attitude. It's to have the mind and the attitude of Christ. Jesus calls us to be working together for his glory. And everyone has a role to play in that. Today, I just want to invite you to make some decisions as we close. The first one is, is that maybe you've never decided to follow Jesus before. I just want to say, maybe um, you feel forgotten and you feel alone. The, again, these past two years have separated us and, and broken us off from relationships. And maybe some of the networks that we were a part of were not anymore. And so we just feel alone and forgotten today. I just want to say God sees you. He knows where you are. Maybe you stumbled across this video by accident today, and I just want you to hear God sees you uh, where you're at. He loves you. He, he sent his son, Jesus, to come and die for the mistakes that we make so that we could be made right with God. And it's in that right standing with God that we find forgiveness and healing, wholeness, joy, and peace. Today, knowing him is the greatest gift that is available to us. And again, if you've never made that decision before, today you can do it wherever you're at just by saying, Jesus, I trust you in the work that you did for me on the cross. And I just want to invite that power and that spirit to come and to work into my life. For those of us who do follow Jesus, I just want to encourage you with a couple thoughts today. Uh, we're near the end of summer. I know it's sad. Uh, I don't know where time is going at this point. It feels like it's going faster and faster, and I'm just kind of bouncing around and hoping to keep up with everything. Um, but we have a phrase here that we use at our church around the table. The depth of our church happens there. Sunday services are great. This online service is great. But the depth of who we are as a church happens around a table. It's through our relationships and through unity. 
The depth of our unity, again, I believe happens in the depth of the conversations that we have at our tables. Can we commit to this for the next month? In the month of August, uh, before we get back to September, and if you have kids, you're running around at school, or maybe you have a, you're a teacher and you have a break, and so you have some time, or it's just, you know, it's August, not much always happens in the month of August, maybe you're just your vacations, but before life picks back up in September, can we commit as a church to gather around the table with people in our church, with people out of it? But would our tables just be a place of healing? Would they be a place of unity? Would they be a place of love? This week I saw on Twitter, uh, Pastor Dan White said that the, the next renewal, the next moment of God working isn't going to come from a microphone on a stage but it's going to come from meal, a meal around a table. We're seeing a big transition in the way that church works here, I think, in the United States, especially in New Jersey, uh, where our Sunday services, again, they're great and they're important and, and they're a needed place to encourage each other and speak to each other and, and to rally and to unify each other. But the real work that I believe God is calling us to is the depth and the unity that we have around our tables. As a church, will we commit to this this next month? Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's just one in the course of August. But would you just take some time and reflect and ask God what he may be leading you to in that? And as we commit to each other, would God give us the mind of Christ to each other so we would have one mind and one voice that glorifies God together? Think again, the sporting event, everyone's standing, cheering, they're pumped about what's about to happen on the field. As a church, would we be the same way, cheering each other on, sharing life with each other. And as we look, it's to see God bring heaven to earth here in our lives, in our families, in our relationships, in our towns, that we would see God work and move through us today in our love and in our unity as a church. Let's close in prayer today. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you sent your son, that we could be uni unified and united with God once again, and we could stand righteously before you because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Would you unify us? as Connect Church, as followers of you, and just the people in our lives. Bring healing, bring love. God, will we seek community? I pray just for opportunities for that to happen over the next month. And would you work and would you move in our lives? In your name I pray, amen. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.